Today, Seabass of Jackson, Tennessee. He works at WNWS. This episode is presented by Wellspire, Nashville's Learning Development Center. Wellspire offers personal and professional development opportunities in a beautiful facility in the Gulch neighborhood. Stop by for an event with world-renowned speakers or host an off-site event that will wow your team or your clients. We also thank our co-presenting sponsor, the Well Coffee House, which turns coffee into water and has a mission to bring clean water to the world. Today's news presented by Sutherland and Belk, an SEC sports-loving injury firm in Nashville. These guys will shoot you straight on your rights and options when you've been injured in an accident. Call them at 615-846-6200 to get your questions answered. You can also visit them online at sbinjurylaw.com. Vanderbilt Baseball takes on Illinois-Chicago this weekend. Games are 432-1 on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, respectively. The men's basketball team plays Georgia at Memorial Gym at 5 Central on Saturday night also. Our guest line, presented by our friends at Bowling Branch, which was started by Vanderbilt graduates Scott and Missy Tannen. I have used Bowling Branch sheets for years and love them. They are also fair trade certified, so they're made under safe conditions by men and women treated and paid fairly. Try them for a month. You can return them for free, but you will not want to. Once you get the sheets, try the mattress. That was voted the best mattress of 2018. Go to BowlingBranch.com. That's spelled B-O-L-L. Enter the promo code Vandy and get $50 off your first set of sheets. Seabass joins us from WNWS in Jackson, Tennessee. Thanks for joining us. How are you today? As you live in the dream, <laughs> living the dead gum dreams, how I'm doing, man. Doing great, Chris. Ready to get out another podcast here. How are you doing? I am okay. It's been a crazy few weeks. Yeah, but, it, uh, you know, now you got you some baseball and some spring football to go and then getting close to tournament time in basketball. Uh, time to settle in a little bit. Yeah, I'm writing a 3-2-1 for baseball for Friday. We're doing this on Thursday, so it may even be out before this podcast is. So, looking forward to God, that. If we can only get, yeah, if we can only get some, some quality pitching from our freshmen. Boy, no joke. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, they suck, right? <laughs> the strikeout-to-walk ratios. I did a podcast with Willie Donick where we talked, talked about that. It's just unbelievable. And that's a big indication that I look for because – that tells you you have command of your pitches, and if you have that, you've got it made. Now, I, now I believe you you wrote that uh, what South Alabama is a regional quality team. Well, D one baseball and Baseball America both have them in regionals in their preseason projections. Both had them as a three seed, so that means they're not only good enough to get in, but not just slip in by the skin of their teeth. You know, so just imagine, you know, it's, it's funny last night I was, uh, of course, you know, me, I go to bed watching, watching MLB network most nights. And, and, uh, last night they were showing, uh, some highlights of, uh, young Jack, uh, Jack lighter and doing his thing. I mean, it's pretty much basically what impossible to start your career off better than that. Yeah. Pretty much. And he just looked so yeah. in command from start to finish. He just attacked and they just didn't have a prayer. 
So let me ask you a question. If, if you know, if you got Heckman and Kumar and Leiter and Smith all dialed in, how's anybody going to beat this team? You have to beat them two to one. Is that, is that the deal? That's what I've been saying for months now. Is that I was hope, worried hope they're not hitting. Well, no, that I was worried about their hitting just because this is what happens. I've seen enough college baseball to know how this goes. And, I mean, you can go back and listen to other podcasts. I said the thing that I worry about is freshmen getting used to the speed of the game right away. And what happened? You had Spencer Jones had a bad week on defense. Yet Carter Young had a couple of errors. I mean, they looked terrible on defense the first few games. But – that will even out as these kids get used to it, or maybe they have someone else take over at first. And the bats just have been cold. I mean, these kids are getting used to seeing college pitching. Somebody brought this up to me today in a text, and I think this was a great point. You know, you probably get your confidence beaten down in practice going against Hickman and Leiter and Rocker and Tyler Brown and those guys every day. So I think eventually that'll turn around. I mean, I think hitting in practice will be – or hitting a game should be much easier than hitting in practices. But you got to see a few fall or hit a few hard before that confidence comes. And so that'll be the next thing. Look, I think by the end of this year, barring injury or something crazy, I think they may be as good as anybody in America and maybe right where people pick them to be. But I don't know. Right now, I would take the field before I would take them for an SEC title because there's just a lot of stuff that needs to be worked out outside of pitching right now. And plus, I mean, these are small sample sizes for pitchers too. And I think these kids are phenomenally talented, but there will be some hiccups at some point. Yeah. And the right now the field would be a smarter bet. Now, uh, it, you know, it's not like you're taking the field against, you know, the Dodgers winning the national league West. Right. You know, uh, th- th- this, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a certainty, you know, this is not, I think they're the best team in it, but this is not, uh, you know, and I, I'm right. I'm right there with you, man. If the, you know, if the bats can round out, you know, and of course some of the, the uh, fielding it, it gets there, I think we're going to be fine. Of course now, boy, I guess, Chris, if we can just find a, a catcher that can hit, I guess we'd be okay too then. Right. Right. Well, I worry a little Holy bit about cow. Yeah. I mean, he just doesn't, <laughs> He makes he struck out once, and I think that was looking on a three-two pitch. Man, you know we, if we can get locked in behind the dish, man, for the next couple of years, that's going to be huge. As as this young staff develops too, man, they grow up together. My gosh, man, this team has a chance to uh, to do some special things if some of these bats get going. There's no doubt. But but yes, I, I'm right there with you from a statistical st- standpoint. Nothing else, at least at this point today. Yeah, I'd take the field. If I'll we're talking you, conference, yeah. I'll tell you what, too. They set up really well to win to win an SEC tournament or to be able to withstand disaster. You know, like if they were to lose a Friday night game in a regional or something like that, they are so deep with pitching. Like, they can win those things, I think, almost without flinching. And you would trade that every time. I mean, think about that. If you're – you know, you're getting into a tournament, a tournament like the SEC tournament, or you know, especially later on down the line, we start talking about regional and super regionals and things like that. And I know it's a long way before that, but man, if you can run a four out there that that pitches with the ability of a two, I mean, I get the youth is there and all that, and all, but you know, if they could, I mean, did Kumar get weaker or stronger as the season went on last year? Well, you, you know, know the answer. I, I mean, yeah. and, of course, I know the answer, and, and look at the debut that the youngsters had this year. I mean, that. More impressive than Kamar was when when he and I'm not saying they're going to do that, but I mean I, 
not going to say they're not. And if they do, geez, think about that. Think about being somebody like Ole Miss, man, and you're trying to match up and, and win, and, and you're in the fourth game of the SEC tournament and you're scrapping a lineup together and using a pen to put it all together. And you can, and Vanderbilt can run somebody out there that uh, I'm not going to say would be a one or an ace or anything like that, but can be close to the front of any rotation in the country, but isn't just because they're freshmen. I mean, think about that. Think about what a, what a feather in the cap of this team that would be. You know what feels weird about watching them is it's going what? out there and not seeing Ethan Paul and Steven Scott and Julian Infante because yeah. those guys were there for so long, and I really yeah. liked all three of those guys. I mean, I feel like it's it feels like it's not quite right without seeing Paul somewhere in middle infield or you know, Scott DHing or playing left or or Infante especially at first, and boy, they really miss his defense and. That happens. I kind of felt the same way about when Bueller and Walker, or when, when Walker Bueller and Carson Former left. It just felt weird going to games and not seeing them. So there's a little bit of an adjustment period for me just watching them because like those guys were such fixtures with the program. It feels strange not seeing them there. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I do. Of course, I mean, such is the nature of college baseball. I mean, if if everything works out, you get them four years and then then they're gone, never to return. You know, it's not like Major League Baseball. You can have somebody play there ten years if it works out. But uh, yeah, those were guys. Those names that you just mentioned were guys that were just stalwarts in that lineup and had been for a long time. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is a little bit weird, but we'll probably be saying the thing, same thing about a couple of these guys three years from now. By the way, um, changing subjects entirely. Like, I've had a year that on this beat, it just does not get more weird, and you think it's not going to get more weird, and trust me, I'm sitting on more weird stuff. But <laughs> whatever I thought my day would be, I did not expect on my radar to pop up uh, Kevin Stallings gets show calls penalty. Did you see that? Ooh, yeah, yeah. But, but And not anything to do with us, but clearly out there uh, at, at Pitt. Man, uh, yeah, I saw that. I haven't been able to go into it because I've been running and gunning all day, but I, I did see that. Uh, what did they give the crux of what what this was about? Well, basically, it was about I think having people that weren't supposed to be working out kids. I didn't read the complaint in detail. I kind of glanced at it once, and then it sounded to me like the issue was the cover up that they had a monitoring system to watch out in case. Somebody came in and detected what was going on, and then I think they deleted some huh. video. <laughs> but well. look, here's the thing: it, it this, <laughs> I mean, it's not really funny because lives are affected in some ways. Although I don't know that any of the people that were in that are going to be back in coaching. But it's just so comical. Here you got Will Wade on a wiretap, and then you got the NCA giving a show calls penalty. To a guy I don't think he even wants to get back in coaching again. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, yeah, it's funny I mean, It's funny on that level um, alone. And, and I don't know, it just, just points back to here's the NCAA worried about this while that's going on. Yeah, this isn't exactly like a Bruce Pearl show cause type of deal. <laughs> uh, so let me ask you this. So if he doesn't go back in, I mean, that, that, that's, that's, Labeled to staple to him, not Pitt, right? That, that that doesn't affect Pitt in any way. Is that is that is that the case? You know, I don't know. I didn't read the whole thing 
John Rothstein posted the article or, or linked it maybe from NCAA.com. So I don't know how that affects Pitt. I mean, you know what this has got to be about. It's got to be they want money back. I mean, they had to pay Kevin, what, $10 million to make him go away. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they turned that in and looked into it and they're trying to get the money back. That's what this is about. Well, uh, you know, I mean, I don't think – because, I mean, you know, I remember when Hugh Freeze's show calls, his was only for what? Uh, if he was a head coach, right? A certain amount of time and only if he was a head coach. Uh, I don't know what, what's going to be tagged with Coach Stallings, but as you said, I mean, I don't even know that he has any interest in getting back in head coaching. And if he did, good grief, who, who would – I know who would come calling, <laughs> to, to, to be real honest with you at, at this point. But uh, I, I, I won't say it doesn't surprise me. I was, I was caught off guard by that headline to be sure. I mean, Kevin could coach somewhere. There's, what, 353 Division One jobs. And, I mean, he's easily one of the 100 best coaches, I think. I mean. Yeah, I mean, if he wanted to go to Binghampton and coach, you know. Right, I mean, right. I mean, yeah, there's a job Binghamton, for Kevin if he wants it. one. But, yes. You know, but I just, I mean, you, you know me. I've never been the biggest Kevin Stalling fans in the universe. But uh, I hate to see this either way. Well, thank God they cracked down on Pitt for all that cheating that was working so well <laughs> it worked out so well for him right holy cow you know what's crazy is remember we were just like god what a favor they did for vanderbilt now we got bryce drew <laughs> i know i know mm-hmm. <laughs> Golly, uh, i think i go back now i think the craziness really started like i wrote that book about basically the kind of the golden age that they'd just been through. They just won a national title in baseball and all that stuff. And everything was riding high. And really, that was absolutely the peak because everything since they – not everything, baseball has it. But, like, even that suffered for a few years for reasons we all know and have been over. But, uh, boy, that was – feels like it's been a long downhill slide since then. Yeah, yeah, I won't say it. it's it's a, the golden age. What would you call the, the this age after the golden age? Maybe the molden age, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, man, I'm sure I'm hopeful that better times are ahead. Good grief. Do you we want, deserve it, right? I mean, don't, don't well, we deserve it? The fan base deserves it. I mean. Well, yeah, that's uh, I'm part of the fan base. Well. I deserve it. You know what? I think everybody knows I've written a lot of stuff critical of Vanderbilt, and I think it's all been fair. I don't really lose any sleep over that part of it. Um, and you, you take it seriously what you write because lives are affected, but I double, triple, quadruple check this stuff most of the time, unless it's somebody that was there and says, hey, I know this happened, and if I trust the person, you know, then then okay, then that's that's another thing, but... You know, for the most part, these things are, well, I mean, not for the most part. They are checked. They're written for reasons. Um, But my dad read it, and I've got two brothers, and he just sent me a text, and it made me sad for him. He said, man, I really think I regret taking you guys to all those games over the years. Ah, man. that, That broke my heart because... Yeah, and if people you. want to know why do you do this, it's that because like when we were kids, we didn't 
we didn't have a lot of money. I mean, we were not poor. Don't don't get me wrong. We never missed a meal, but we were solid middle class, and every dollar in the house was accounted for, and that was one of the things that we sort of splurged on was going to games, and when they played games, and this was before everything was on TV, my dad would be huddled around his radio, and I'd be right next to him, and we'd listen to stuff, and I remember when I was a little kid playing Nerf hoops in our rec room listening to games and Charlie Mack and all that and just so many people grew up with that and that's what makes me sad I just feel like yeah they've almost as well they've almost some people are going to say I'm going overboard but it's almost fraud what they've done uh you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna twist your arm on that one too much i i I don't know that i disagree i i uh i have all those memories too now i didn't get to go to as many because i didn't live in nashville but i listened to charlie mack call those games (laughs) go he for three got it you know i I mean it's great uh those are great memories for me and it's 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 clearly not the same now and of course we you know when you were younger when you were a kid man that was bigger than life right i mean that was uh, that was everything so it's, it's a lot different now but uh it, it just makes you sad the way a lot of things that have turned out and the way it seems like uh we're at odds well it don't seem that way we that this uh, university is at odds with its fan base but it's ever shrinking fan base by the way as the city grows the fan base shrinks how weird is that well it's not the losing it's the not trying that's right. That that that's right. You know, I mean, because uh, with with the trying is going to come some some winning. It, that's just going to happen. It, it is. It's too much possibilities there. But you know, that's we know where we're at right now. Shall we talk spring football? We shall. I like football. I've noticed. What are we? Twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. Is that right? Is it? Uh, is that when we're cranking this bad boy up? Is it on the twenty fifth? Yeah, and we get open practice access, which. Uh, sincere thank you to Vanderbilt for that. That's great. That yes, makes, very much. Makes my job a lot easier. It's harder for me to get to practice now than it used to be because i got two kids that are in school and I've got to get them there. But I will be at probably all of those that I can go to. I know I'll have to miss some, but I bet you I will be there. And this is what I like as a writer. I'm not going to learn your secrets. I'm just learning stuff for background. So when people say, hey – is so-and-so going to step up, and do they have a guy that can replace such-and-such? Such? I mean, my answer right now is I have no idea. Now, I can I can go through sources and find out the answer to Darnie or anything I want with a little bit of work, but I'd rather do it by just going and watching. I just think that you learn so much no. that way, and I don't think that – I don't I don't think that them locking out us, us out of practice um, – gave them some sort of advantage. Well, I mean, you saw how it went down. You saw the record. It's obvious that that made no difference. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, I honestly, I'm real I'm real interested in this spring, maybe more so than many in, 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 in the not-so-distant past because, uh, boy, this is – there's look, there's a, a slew of new coaches out there, two new coordinators. Um I, I'll tell you this. I, I think that it was kind of important and maybe big to to, to sign Danny Clark on signing day uh, to give somebody. Okay, we can't just go in there with with Ken Seals and a walk on. 
you know, I, I think it's important for the reps and to be pushed. Uh, so I think having Danny Clark to go along with Ken Seals is going to be interesting. What's the running back battle going to look like? Uh, some of these transfers that are coming in. Uh, it'll be our first real look. Uh, I, I would say guys like Derek Green, you know, and Malik Langham. Uh, and what kind of role they're going to have defensively. Is there going to be some new schemes out there? And, you know, one of the things that was always interesting uh, for me back in the day playing and then watching people in spring is to see those cats that, you know, the work that they've put in since the end of football season, which has been three months ago. You know, the season ended three months ago. In some ways, it seems like five minutes. Some, it feels like five years ago. Uh, But the guys who, you know, those ones who have, who've made strides in that three months, who have, who've packed on some muscle, look a lot better, or maybe they were true freshmen last year and, and they had to red shirt. And, and now uh, we're going to get our first look at them in the spring. That's, that's to me, that's all. I, I love to see that the progression of the young people and the people that might be stepping up this year uh, and into roles that weren't there last year. I love that. Yeah. It'll be interesting to watch Ken Seals. <laughs> Uh, that's the one that I think everybody's going to want to know about. I, I'm telling you right now, look, I, now me personally, you know, I still think Ken's the guy I, I do. I think he and Mike Wright are both pretty darn special. Uh, but you know, you know, I talked to some Kentucky fans and, uh, you know, they echoed what I saw when you turn the film on, on Danny Clark. And that is monster arm, a monster arm. Uh, and if I recall correctly, I think the first the first play of highlight, this dude flung it like 65 yards. Doesn't mean he's an accurate quarterback or a great one. Just means he's got a super strong arm. But even on some of the routes that are, you know, like a 15-yard out or something like that, uh, the, the, the mustard this dude was putting on the ball was, 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 was something. He's a big guy. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't end up working. I remember he was all set to head to Ohio State. And then he ended up, ends up in, in Kentucky. Things don't work out there. He ends up going to, I think it was with Kapia Lincoln and having a, a really nice season. Don't sleep on, on Danny Clark. You know, I mean, I think we've all decided it's Ken Seals or Mike Wright, and maybe it is, or maybe even Musa, who I don't know uh, his availability. Maybe you do uh, in regards to spring football. But I like the signing of Clark, if for no other reason, to get the reps that they need to have in spring football. You can't just put it all on Ken Seals. Can't do that. Yeah, I don't know. I'll find out when we get there. Okay. Okay, so outside the quarterback, give me something that you're watching. Uh, Well, one of the things that I was telling you a second ago, uh, the defensive line, I mean, look, the additions to the defensive line, this – uh, again, they they haven't done a thing until they do it, but pedigrees, at least on the prep level of guys like Langham and Green, we don't generally get on that defensive line. So you put them there with a second year, Davion Davis, and of course, uh, you know, Dio. I, Dio will be what is well, that'll be a junior this year, I think. Either a junior, I or a believe, senior. A senior. Is he a senior this year? It's either senior or junior, but. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, that's from a blue, from, from a, from a, from a stuff standpoint, if you will, from a potential standpoint, uh, we haven't really had that like this in, a, in, I don't remember when now, will that pan out? I don't know. Uh, but from a stuff standpoint, 
I mean, I'm really excited to watch this defensive line. And, and again, with the defense that returns all its starters, you know, not that it was a good defense by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, there's a lot of experience coming back there on the field that hopefully is going to play. Uh, you know, I, I mean, look, there's a lot, a lot of question marks going into 2020, but there's some interesting things too, some interesting battles in, in, in camp that I think have an opportunity to be a lot of fun to watch in camp and in spring football. And I also like the fact that you were talking about a minute ago. I, I, I like more transparency. I think it's just needed. I think it's just flat needed, you know, see some fans come out there and watch spring, get the opportunity, maybe get a little bit excited about things. Again, they want to see Ken Seals. I want to see Ken Seals, you know, and uh, I, I think opening it up is, 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 is pretty exciting. Uh, I'll be interested to see, you know, what some of these young receivers do. You know, does does a Cam Johnson take it back to the ne- take it to the next level? Does CJ Bowler uh, step up and have a big year? And then uh, uh, Rockman, you know, I mean, he was uh, he was injured. You know, I, I don't know his status, but he's oozing with potential. I mean, there's 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 pieces there uh, that are going to be a lot of fun to watch. Now, the battle that or the, the place that I'm looking at the most, though, more than anything other than quarterback, is and I think it has to be considered the biggest question mark, especially with some of the departures, especially Devin Cochran is this offensive line, because none of this other stuff is going to matter uh, if they can't get that together. I think that's going to lead us into the mailbag because there's a question about it. So let's do that. Oh, Um, okay. All right. Today's mailbag is sponsored by Mark Gent at simply a fan. Mark is organizing road trips to several Vanderbilt baseball Road Series this fall, as well as the women's basketball game at Tennessee. Visit his site at simplyafan.com for more information. And Arbador asks, offensive line projections for 2020, first team and others with significant playing time. <laughs> hey, Chris, do we have our work cut out for us on this one? Well, I'll okay. tell you, I have – Somewhere I've been given what I think is the two deep depth chart, but that came in the midst of this whirlwind of the Malcolm Turner stuff, and I'd have to go back and find it somewhere. Oh well, let's let's go with what we know, though. Uh, I mean, I, I would assume, and again, you know, we've got you got a, a new line coach, uh, a new coordinator, so. We don't know everything yet, but wouldn't you think that Jonathan Stewart would have to step into one of the tackles or maybe replacing Devin Cochran and, of course, Steen keeping his right tackle position? Does that sound about right to you? I believe that's the way I had it. Okay. Uh, Of course, you got to throw Grant Miller in there. Uh, Cole Clemens back for, I guess, what is Cole? Is he going to be a junior or a senior this year? I know, but he's still there. You got to throw him in there. So I'm going to go with uh, Stewart, Miller, Clemens, Steen, and then and then what are we looking at? Are we looking at, uh, you know, uh, Julian Hernandez maybe? I know there was talk that he had left, but I don't think that's the case at all. I think he's still there, and I know he showed promise. So, I don't know. We think maybe Julian Hernandez? Man, I can't remember who the fifth was. Um, I'll see if well, I can. Well, some of the other names. Some yeah, of the other I don't names think Hernandez was a first-teamer um, from from memory, but – yeah, I mean, those are the four that I think would go to the forefront of the discussion. And then, you know, of course, they use spring a lot of times to move guys all over the place. They have always liked to have guys right. play multiple positions. So 
even if I give you a projection, it probably won't hold water for too long. Well, I mean, a couple other names you got to you know look for Bryce Bailey somewhere if if that's where he ends up. Uh, I mean, didn't didn't he flash on the possibility of playing some tight end? Yeah, Bailey. I think end. Bailey was my fifth. And and honestly, I'm going to go see if I can pull the depth chart from last year that I had. I because if it's not him, I can't think of who else it would be. Right. Uh, you know, love to see Dan Dawkins take that step that everybody kind of hoped he would when they signed him. Uh, that really hasn't turned out to be the case yet, but you know, the potential is still there. And then don't forget the kid that, uh, and I'm sorry, but I can't remember the young man's name that, uh, uh, the, uh, grad transfer from the university of Michigan. Yeah. Um, I can't think of and, that either. Uh, and the only other one that I can think of, and it's, it's somebody that has not signed with Vanderbilt. I think it's still a possibility was the young man who was what the starting center for Rutgers last year. That's supposed to be pretty good. Came to visit Vanderbilt, the old line coach now here at Vanderbilt was his coach last year. Uh, I don't know if that would be a possibility if he's still in play or not. I hadn't heard Sean say. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about that in a while either. Not that I've been, like I said, my attention's been elsewhere, but okay. Last year, okay, here's how they line up at season's end. Cochran, left tackle, gone. Young, left guard, gone. gone. Miller, center, gone. back. Or this is at least the last time I'd updated the depth chart. Clemens, right guard, back. Steen, right tackle, back. Bailey backing up at right tackle. McMoore backing up at right guard. He's gone. Dawkins backing up at center. He's back. Um, Rowan Godwin's gone. And Jonathan Stewart is back. So, yeah, I mean, your mix would be about six guys in terms of returning. Dawkins would be, I would presume, the sixth. This team really – I mean, okay, because here's what I'm going to do. And it, it's, I'm not, it's, it's not a shot at anybody, but if I were to say, okay, Chris, name me a really good offensive lineman on Vanderbilt's roster right now. I would say your tackles have potential. Um. Nobody's really proven anything, man. I mean, Stewart did some good things in games, and and Steen did some good things in games, but nobody is like put together a big sample size of stuff. And a lot of these guys have never gotten a chance to play full time either. Like Bryce Bailey has never had a full time job. He's played in spots here and there. He's moved around. That makes it tougher. Dawkins hasn't played much. Has played at different spots. I mean, it's Grant Miller has had a job for a while, but struggled with it. I mean, there's just not anybody. The one guy you could say about that was, or say that about was Devin Cochran. He's now at Georgia Tech. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and that's my point. This, this, uh, this is the one of maybe of all the positions uh, other than quarterback, you can't be having questions along the offensive line. And, and frankly, that's where we're at. What would be wonderful is if some of these other young offensive linemen, you know, maybe like, I, and look, we all know that Donald Fitzgerald was a project when they signed him. That dude's a monster. It would be great if that process got accelerated. You know, him or Clifton, some of some of the uh, the young guys. And didn't wasn't there a talk that, that, that Clifton was doing pretty well? What I was told was that Clifton had kind of surprised a little bit. And I think he, well, I say I think, Last time I saw Nate Clifton was at his signing day thing a year ago, and he was, you know, not nearly big enough for this level. Not yet. big enough, but, right. but I haven't, like, I hadn't laid eyes on Nate Clifton since. But I mean, it's generally how it goes. You just spend a year in the weight room, then maybe your redshirt freshman year, you get a 
get your toe wet and maybe your sophomore year you start becoming a factor. So guys like that, unless he's taken a big step up, are usually a couple years away. But that is just me right. talking out loud and not knowing anything about that situation. Right. And then the other thing that you got to look at a little bit is uh, as far as personnel wise on the offensive line is, is a guy who now he's going to be a true freshman, but at the same time, he's also going through spring. Uh, and, and you know, the fellas, I know that Justin and Sean are really both like Bradley Ashmore a lot. Uh, he's rooming with Ken seals. Uh, so that that's good. But I mean, I know they like him a whole lot. Is he ready to come in and start? I don't know, but I don't know if he has to. But what he possibly could add is some immediate depth along the offensive line, especially playing in the spring. Well, linemen just generally don't play as true freshmen or don't play well. I'm thinking the last two that I remember were just in school in 15, or was it 14? I guess it was, I don't remember now. Maybe it was 14. School broke his leg and then sat out the rest of the season from, I don't know, whatever that was, game four on. And then Bruno Reagan played some, I think, as a true freshman second half of the season, I think mostly started, but I'm trying to think since then as a true freshman come in. And I don't mean just not even started, but even played much. Cole Clemens did it. He played some. Cole Clemens did. Uh, now you're going to put me to the test here. <laughs> uh. Point is, I mean, the ones that they get, like sometimes Alabama will get one of those that he's a, true freshman and he plays tackle and but he's kind of guy that was you know like the number one tackle in the country those are the guys that are impact players early they're not usually the guys that Vanderbilt gets um who come in and play right away and are meaningful and that's why yeah yeah you're right and I'm sitting here trying to I'm struggling to think of of who some of those might be and that's why I mean the Rutgers Center. That's really where we're talking about grad transfers right now. That's where by far I think the biggest need is is along that offensive line. Man, if we could just get one or two of those guys who are meaningful starters. I'm not talking about like last year. I'm talking about guys who were starters and meaningful uh, playing time and, 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 and pretty successful at what they were doing, hopefully on the Power 5 level. Uh, man, we sorely how much difference this th- could make for this team if they have one or two of those. Let's shift to hoops. HD Young 3 says, is there any indication that the numbers on the basketball staff will change based on the change in AD or do contracts with those people limit options in the short run? Well, you know, and and look, I know it's weird and everybody's yakking about that. And I I mean, it's it's a lot of people. (laughs) There's no doubt. But Chris, let me ask you this, because I promise it's not make or break one way or the other financially. but I mean, as you watch this basketball team, when I say they're close, I don't mean they're close to winning the SEC, but they're close to breaking through and winning some of these basketball games. They've been pretty darn close lately against some pretty good basketball teams. It's a numbers game right now for them. And, you know, I mean, clearly recruiting is is, is everything here, but I guess what I would say is I don't hate the structure. Of, of, of this of this basketball program right now, you know I, I know it's a lot of numbers and, and positions. You know, hiring people for this, hiring people for that. I, I get all of that, 
but to me, it's all about just having a little bit more experienced talent, you know, and in, 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 in games and not losing a 23 point per game score uh, would kind of help too. But I mean, does this, does this program itself, I'm not talking about from the Vanderbilt side, I'm talking about Jerry Stackhouse and his people. Does it look like it's poorly run to you? Cause it doesn't to me. That's where it gets complicated. Um, there's two elements elements of this, okay? Um, okay. One of them is, will the structure of the staff change? I think yes. I have no idea what that staff's going to look like next year. I think Nikki Gross, who is not even one of his three assistants, is the person who by far has his ear. I don't know what some of those other guys do. I'll be honest. Um, I think it will change. I don't think that a lot of those guys get paid a lot of money. They just don't have influence. I mean, I don't... I know he's done some good things. This was the most poorly thought out and put together staff I've ever seen. So it's got to change. Um, what they will do... Do they seem dysfunctional to you as a staff, though? Well, when... Yes. The wins and losses, I mean, look, that is what it is, Chris. We don't have the personnel to be winning uh, a whole lot of games. We just don't have it, you know. And is, is that a, the direct correlation? Is that correlation of the way the staff is structured? Not yet. It's, it's his first year. The second thing is they still talk out of both sides of the mouth over there. I mean, they were criticizing Stackhouse uh, for Turner for letting Jerry have a bodyguard, which that's been reported in Tennessean. And Malcolm, when he went to make cutbacks, cut the bodyguard. And Malcolm's gone. The bodyguard is back, and now the women's coach has one too. So, God only knows. What's the Vanderbilt thing? Not a, that's, that, that's an above Jerry Stackhouse other than having a bodyguard, which, I mean, you know, that's just your regular basketball coach. It's Jerry Stackhouse. I don't know that he needs a bodyguard, uh, but – you know, that, I guess that's a different conversation, but what you're talking about is a, is a, a, a above the head coach type of thing. That's a Vanderbilt thing. Not a, not a, not a basketball program thing. Yeah. Well, the staff is poorly structured. You would never put a staff together like this. Trust me. You would never do that. I well, think I he'll, no, I think no, no, they'll no, make don't, some don't changes. Don't I don't I know how that. it will look. I, I get that, I, and, and, I, and, I, and I said as much, but that's not why they're losing basketball games. I mean, do you think it is? You look at that and say, God, this staff is so weird, and you wouldn't put it together, and that's why we didn't win? I don't think it's say helpful. that. Uh, let's see. Mr. Vandy says, what did you think of Jordan Wright's performance last night? Man, this let is... me tell you something. Jordan, Jordan Wright is just, you know, look. I mean, nobody really thought about him one way or the other. And there are nights when he does absolutely nothing. And it will never look smooth. It's never going to be, you know, man, look at this ankle-breaking crossover, beautiful spin move, touch off the glass. Not who he is. But, gum, can't you look at this dude and say, man. I mean, because sometimes, especially, oh, look, there, were not, there was a couple weeks ago, he had a really good game when I think he had like, uh, you know, 10 of their 12 points in, in a stretch. And none of it was pretty, but it all kept going in. You know, I, I think, Chris, I, I, I think we've needed a guy like this. I mean, there are plenty more talented players, you know, that have come through Vanderbilt over the last couple of years than Jordan Wright. But he might be one of those 
I hate to be so cliche, but blue-collar blue guys. This one from Tommy Door. This is off topic. Whoa, 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 Oh, you want me to comment? Not this one. Of course I do. I don't know. I just don't see... I don't see the identifiable skills. I know he had a great night the other night. Um, you know, but he, he's playing for a team that he wouldn't be playing on anywhere else at this level. Uh, so the points have got to come by from somewhere. I think in time he's got a chance to help them. I just think you need more talent. That's their problem. Uh, they need more talent. They don't have a staff structure to get it, uh, at least not to easily get it. We will see. Maybe they'll win some recruiting battles in the spring. Maybe they'll get some transfers. I just don't think – I think Jordan Wright um, is a junior and a senior, is a guy that you have maybe as a sixth man coming off the bench if it pans out. But I don't I don't, I don't see him as a – well, nothing, but but right now he's got to be their, you know, second or third score. I just think he, he he's – everybody's out of sequence. It's like we've said before, like when you – you know, so-and-so is fine as a major league starting pitcher if he's your five. He's not so fine if he's your two, and that's kind of where they are. And I understand that, but here's what I would say to you. And, and even despite those limitations, this true freshman – somehow found his way on the road in the SEC in the middle, later stages of the, of his true freshman season, went out there and popped for 23 points. Is it going to happen every night? No, no, I'm, I'm not stupid. I, I'm well aware of that and I understand that, but he's going to give max effort. And this time, two years from now, if he's that six man off the bench and he's coming out and giving me eight, nine points and five or six rebounds a night, and he's forcing people defensively, I'll take that. I'll take that all day long. Because you're right. It will. The rest of it's going to be about recruiting and put the pieces together uh, for the, for this program. But I think this program, this team absolutely needs a Jordan Wright. No, no question in my mind. I think the problem I have with him, it's just hard to explain how he does what he does when he has good games because he's not quick. He's not a good shooter. I think what he does is he's got some good body control and some poise. Um, and again, I think there's a serviceable player there for them. I just don't know that it's um, it, it's not playing the role that it needs to be playing. So um, I guess that explains it. I hope it does. Uh, let's see. This one from Tommy Door. As Chris Jones is rumored likely not to get his money from the Chiefs, do you think the Colts will make a competitive offer and land him? (laughs) I think it moved. Uh, You know, Chris, uh, Chris Ballard is notoriously tight. You know, I mean, they stay near the top or at the top of cap space. He is a firm believer of building through the draft. I mean, that's what he does. And he just really hasn't got, uh, he likes to go out and get one year prove it deal type of cats in free age. He makes moves, but it's very rarely uh, a splash. He's from Kansas city. He loves Chris Jones. And if there was ever anybody that I think Chris, that uh, Chris Ballard would open up the purse strings to try to come get, uh, I think it would have to be Chris Jones. Now, Chris Jones wants to stay in Kansas City. He wants to stay there for the rest of his career. He's already said as much. But this is business. Uh, the Colts absolutely have the money. They have the need. And if he's ever going to do it, it's now. 
you know, now having said that, you know, I think uh, they're sitting at 13 and there's some people they like a lot, like Derek Brown and Javon Kinlaw, a couple of SEC guys. But man, if they could get Chris Jones, open up the Purse Springs, and then maybe draft a J- uh, Javon Kinlaw, you imagine that? All of a sudden they go from, and they're not weak, super weak there, but now you got Justin Houston, Chris Jones, and, and Javon Kinlaw, I'll, 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 and, and, and Darius Leonard. I can live, I can live life that way. Still remember Kinlaw just wrecking Vanderbilt that game two years ago. Uh, let me tell you something. Kinlaw wrecked everyone. That dude's a stud. Yeah, effort's the question with him, isn't it? Consistent effort? Well, uh, I'll put it to you this way. Uh, that won't be an issue in Indianapolis. <laughs> if he gets drafted there, uh, you know, Matt Eberflus won't allow that and especially with 53 right behind him Darius Leonard the the lack of effort thing is an impossibility my friend I know you need to go in a minute so let's wrap this thing up anything we didn't get to that you wanted to get into tonight oh let's see so we did a little baseball did a little football uh talked about uh hoops um I'm good I'm good if you are I'm good as well. Tell people where they can find you on Twitter and find your show. Yeah, you can find my show at 101.5 in Jackson, Tennessee, Monday through Friday. And you can find me on Twitter at Cheap Seats Bass, my friend. It's been a pleasure. Uh, you're, a, you're, a, you're a handsome man, Chris. Thank <laughs> you much. He is Seabass. I'm Chris <laughs> Lee. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Catch you again with more episodes coming soon.